Welcome back to the TNT BNB podcast. On these episodes, we'll be bringing in a guest host to discuss certain categories of movies. Categories such as movies around the world, franchisees, and genre. Certain directors, actors, actresses, and so much more. So sit back, mix a drink, and enjoy. Listener beware, we will be spoiling the shit out of this. Here we go again. We have reached the end of the Jack Ryan movie franchise. So we'll be discussing Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, which came out in 2014. It's an IMDb of 6.2, Metascore of 57, Rotten Tomatoes of 55% tomato meter, 53% audience. It had a $60 million budget domestically. $50,577,412. Worldwide, $135,503,748. It was directed by Kenneth Branagh, written by Adam Kozad, David Cope, based on characters created by Tom Clancy. All right. So, <clears throat> we are... Out of the good booze, so we're back to McMaster's right now. Out of the good, out of the good booze. <laughs> yeah, we had something called the swear jar. Do we talk okay. to you about that? I think no. Go ahead. I don't. I'm trying to remember if he did or not. Uh, he got it for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was pretty good stuff. It's in like a little metal. Yeah, just forty percent Canadian whiskey. Yeah, it's not bad. Oh, that's not bad. Well, you know, I don't, I was trying to decide what I didn't, I mean, I have so much here, you know, and I was just like, you know what? I just opened the refrigerator and I saw I had the, I've done it before. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking the long drink again. Um, that's like the version. It's the gin and. Oh yeah. Yeah. The long drink. Yeah. And it's just a little bit. I know it's not wine. I know it's not like a heavy drink, but at the same time, a little bit of a lightweight right now because I haven't really drank for a while because, mm-hmm. yeah, surgery, surgery and stuff. And everything, so. Yeah, so. so I grabbed that, cracked it open. I mean, it's got the zero. I got the, I got the low, the low calorie one. Um, it's the zero carbs. Is it sugar free? So, okay. I think it only has like eighty calories, which is not bad at all. So pretty easy, pretty good. Um, light, light, refreshing. Not that. I was looking for cool, crisp, um, you know, with this weather out there. Um, just sounded easy to drink at this point in time. I was actually thinking of doing a white Russian, which I did the I want I did one the other night, but I don't know. I like it was a just good like uh, white Russian. See, I was I had it the other night and it went down really well. And I was like, look at I had the Kahlua, I had the vodka, and I just didn't have the half and half at that point in time. I'm yeah. already in for the night, so let's just drink what's in the house. Yeah, that's what you got to yeah. do. I Sometimes mean, I, you just got to do that. I woke up and had a Carolyn's and coffee. Ooh. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I want I some coffee. That. And then I looked in the fridge. I'm like, oh, there's some Carolyn's. Yeah, I'm going to have that real quick. Still have some Kahlua in there, too, don't we? Yeah, there's vanilla Kahlua in there. See, you could do the Carolyn's and coffee with the vanilla Kahlua. And that would be almost like a really good white Russian with just a little bit of milk. Yeah. Now, once again, I think I'm going to have to have a white Russian. I'll figure it out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about it, now I have to figure it out. But Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, all right. This is the fourth actor to take on the Jack Ryan mantle. Um, but yeah, it's Chris Pine. Which, what's your thoughts of him as an actor? Um, honestly, you know, you're looking at him, you know, when he first started off, you know, his different movie roles, you know, starting in the 2000s, before he got cast as, um, Captain Kirk, um, you know, before he was labeled. No, it was like 2016, the... I think, two years after no. this. No, it was before, honey, it was 2009. Was it, before? Was it yeah. 2009? Oh, yeah. Okay, the one other one came out in 2016. Then. Into the Darkness came out. I think he was done shooting by 2012. Shit, was it? Man, I'm off yeah. in my years. Well, this is what happens when they start to run together and there's alcohol involved. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always that way. But him in his first earlier roles, you know, um, I think they were trying to cast him as like the rom-com, the rom-com, the rom-com. Yep, they were. Yeah, sure. and I think him signing on to become captain kirk and then almost simultaneously signing on to become um the jack ryan where they did they had a wait based on directors and this and that's why the it all got you know sidelined for a little bit because they're waiting for him you know rewrites directors dropping out paramount they finally started the filming at the, after he had filmed finished filming into the darkness um i think to me him as an actor I could I could actually see him holding he held he held this movie as the lead where when he was Captain Kirk he was an ensemble yeah and all of his yeah, previous right. ones to me he was more of like a rom-com they were trying to make him the newest heartthrob or whatever they wanted to call him at that point in time and of course but at the same time Chris Evans had the same beginnings too before he became yep, for sure Captain America you know Captain America yep. you know exactly, so yeah so once he found himself, and I believe to me, Chris Pine in this one showed me that, yes, he can hold his own. Where now if I see his name attached to any movie, I know he wasn't just, he, he, he's now considered first choice to, to be the lead actor in the movie. Um, not where he's, he was like the second or the third thought. To me, that shows me that this movie, even though it wasn't received as well, are I actually, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit more later on, but um, I think he handled it excellent. And I thoroughly enjoyed him in this role because to me, it was his breakout, I'm a lead actor moment. Yeah. yeah. I, so from my understandings, because we looked this up, this is not actually based on one of the novels. It's, Correct. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting. No. There's a, I was reading a little bit about it. The original script was titled Dubai. And mm -hmm. when Paramount bought it up, because it was on the blacklist for a couple of years before Paramount got a hold of it, they picked yeah. it up and said, rewrite this as a Jack Ryan film. And then it was titled Moscow, I believe. Yeah, as the, that was the working title of it, yeah. That was the working title. And then I believe it was Shadow One before they finally announced that Shadow Recruit once Tom Clancy died. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he died in 13, I believe. 
Yeah, you, yeah, 13. And this was this was actually slated for um, the same release date as your favorite one, Travis. What movie is that? Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yes. So Paramount actually um, pushed this from December 23rd to January 17th, 2014, which coincided with the Martin Luther King um, holiday. Okay. Yeah. Which, to me, I mean, I understand why they did it. Because they didn't want it, they didn't want two competing at the same time. Wolf of Wall Street, you know, it's one of your favorite movies I out there. I love that movie. You love that movie. Um, but my thought is, you know, it's it wasn't you know, sixty million to spend, made one hundred thirty-five million. That's seventy-five million. Usually, they say take sixty million and double it for the marketing. Yep. You know, so technically, it didn't make money, but. I have to think that if it was given its actual initial December release date, or even at that point in time, push to even the memorial release date or the spring release, you know, like Easter, where it was going to have more people off for a weekend spring break or Memorial Day, would it have done better? You know what I'm saying? An argument could be made for that for sure. Yeah. yeah, but again, you have to look at what it would have been going up against on Memorial Day. Yeah, what was what that year? What was it going out? I mean, and I think it was a wise decision to do January seventeenth instead of the December twenty third, so it wasn't competing against Wolf of Wall Street or yeah, any yeah. of the other marketings yeah, out there. Sure. But it makes you also think that the target audience that they were initially looking for, which is they were trying to get the younger in the younger version or the younger people involved, but it was mostly people, it was mostly over 50 that were looking for that Tom Clancy that had already had seen Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, all that, some of all fear, they had seen all those. So they were trying to hit that 25 group that had initially not seen the 1990, you know, trying to reopen that again. Right. Maybe... Once again, marketing fell short for choosing the correct day. But also, I think they may have lost some fans of the Clancy series because they completely retconned the timeline. Yeah. Like, this is in no way connected to any of the other films like they seem to be previously. Yeah, and that's the same thing. You know, You know, this is technically post-9-11. Right, exactly. Where all the other ones, even some of all fears, uh, you know, right there was some of all fears. That was two thousand and four, correct? Yes, but it, I okay. believe it took place in the nineties. That's what I'm saying. They still referenced yeah. everything prior two thousand eleven. So you know, the whole entire reboot, not even based on whatever. I mean, it had a great premise of he was a marine got injured in Afghanistan because he went for 2011. That I'm great with, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think, I, yeah, uh, that, I feel like them taking the 2011 and incorporating it, but at the same time not making the reference or even putting it back in the correct timeline would have, you know, you can have the whole entire argument right here saying, okay, so this is him as a young person before he meets Kathy, before, you know, all that stuff. I mean, they kept 
pretty true to that part. Yeah, and I like you know? the fact that it's kind of like an origin. They show the origin story of him joining the CIA. It, you know, but would have admit, would have, have kept the true Clancy fans or the diehard people or would it have been attracted the correct audience to allow for another second in the series if they had staged it in the 70s? Yeah. Because, te- yeah, because technically he was recruited and then he was, he was recruited and then he was in the CIA for 10 years as the analyst before he discovers everything. That's what I'm thinking right. in general, you know. I mean, in the would, previous movies, they did make some comments to him being a former Marine who got injured. and Yeah. But they never really pushed on that point. So it was good to actually see that. Yes, it was. And to see how he had gotten injured. And that's one of the key lines right there. You know, do me a favor. Wait two minutes before you take those pills. Yeah. Yeah. Why? <clears throat> Just to, to know that you can't. Right. You know, and that kind of like shows and it sets up, I guess, I guess it sets up his fortitude, his determination, yeah, his sure. willpower. And just that little scene right there, it shows what his metal or what he's made of, you know, knowing full well that, you know, here he is, he rescued these people. He got, he's the one that got bounced around, still rescued the two people out of the helicopter. Yeah. You know, it's the, that going on. He was able to overcome what supposedly was a life-ending career you know yeah it was his career was done but then a new door opens he's recruited as an analyst or a desk jockey and the next thing you know he goes from desk jockey desk jockey reporting on what you know is happening all about the, and that's where i like kind of like this though is because he monitors through the computers you know here's a here's a maria marine a jar a jarhead if you want to call it but they give him a brain that he's smart enough to track computer stuff and i really enjoyed that part do you know what i'm saying yeah i <clears throat> so the one part mm-hmm. like i know what you're going with this uh-huh. um yeah is he was hi- he was hired as a desk person. Yeah. And then they're like, "No, now you're in the field. Now you're operational." Yeah. Welcome. You know, you're now operational after that first kill. But at that same time, that first kill that he see that happens, not that he did kill when it was when he was marine. Absolutely, of course he did. But you actually see the remorse and the regret mm-hmm. and the emotion in his eyes after because he realizes that not only did he kill someone, but everything has changed now. Yeah. Yeah. He exactly. knows he, he probably can see where his path is going down the road with us. But when you see exactly what I'm saying, they traditionally Marines, God forbid I'm saying this. And there's probably like four people that are going to like kill me later, but are typically jarheads. They don't think much. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, more often mm-hmm. viewed as a blunt instrument. They, they go with their precision. instincts. Weapon. Yeah, they're they're the weapon. They're the tool. They're not the one wielding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I really enjoyed the fact that they gave him a brain to choose, to notice, to use, and then it's like he was marine. Then he's the brain. Then he's the marine again. But now, when he emerges, when he comes out of that hotel room, 
after the first, what was that about 20, 25 minutes into the movie where his bodyguard, technically that was. Yeah. Well, and that is shows yeah. you not to trust anybody and where you're at. Like this... he becomes a combination of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my biggest thing is, I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but like they give you the thoughts that like the maid yeah, that's vacuuming is part of it because she keeps looking into it. Yeah, it, that it, 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 I don't want to say shows allusions to, or it sneak peeks into what their mind where the it's all a conspiracy, and he's starting to realize how much of it's you know basically under there. I mean, I mean, I'm sure. Everyone knows the basics of this movie, you know. We just said like that. He uncovers the plot to collapse the the Wall Street, the the American economy. Yeah, it's an oligarch of Russia that he to cut, but you know he's got his his own demons because he's sick, terminal. You know he put you know he does, but he's going to collapse the economy to create the second Great Depression. So right. that's I, I, where. I did like the whole. This movie felt a lot more cloak and dagger than yes. the rest of the Jack Ryan movies, where the plot was a lot more intricate than yeah. do you want to go, the other yeah, ones. Yeah, definitely. I would say. Now, do you? I mean, and I'll ask you, you saying that. I you know, 2014. We've we've seen a strew of you know Mission Impossible's by now, which at this point in time. What are we looking at? Mission Impossible, like They're number nineteen or twenty eight. or whatever yeah. there is now. Yeah. You know, they keep on getting more and more elaborate. To me, like the first couple of Mission Impossibles were totally believable to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And as as Ethan Hunt Ethan Hunt, right? Yes. Yeah, Ethan yes. Hunt. Sorry, I had a moment. I almost said Ethan Hawk, but I was that's an actor, <laughs> but Ethan Hunt, his character to me becomes more and more implausible. As Tom Cruise's vanity keeps on going more and more. And then at the same time, you have the Jason Bourne going on. You know, one, two, three. Yeah. By the time we're by the time we're at 2014, are we already into Jeremy? At this we're right around the Jeremy Renner one at this yeah, point. Yeah, so we've already think, had yeah. Matt Damon and I think he's worn out his thing. But even then, the Bourne, the Bordeaux Tomato, I mean the supremacy, all that. They're more plausible, and there's even then they start to get a little more. I know they can't suspend my disbelief. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean that's the thing. The yeah. the Bourne movies. This movie is more about the spycraft of it all. Where yeah, the spycraft of it. The yeah. Mission Impossible kind of went the way of Fast and Furious, where they just had to up the ante every single time with the stunts. Yep. And that's why, like you said, you enjoyed this movie because it does have the cloak and dagger. It, you know, and even though it's not based on that book written by Tom Clancy, I, I actually feel the two writers. I mean, well, it was written and then it was rewritten and then something else. Go. I mean, I'm sure right, there's like right. enough. It kept the spirit alive of it, even though it definitely did take liberties in different areas. Yeah, for sure. I mean. You had some definitely in clear present danger with the hacking of the computer and hiding documents and all that, but this one was another level of espionage, if you will. Yep. 
with shadow accounts to hide with money yeah. to collapse to foreign governments propped up based on oligarchs. Mm. But then you which, have the double blind with the sleeper cell already stateside, which was his which, son. And... Yep, we faked a death certificate yeah. and the fact that that they're not really. Well, at the same time, what was it? They were going to put the bomb on in the chimney area, which is actually under. So that was under Wall pulled, Street, which is under Wall to, Street. Yeah. And the thing is, is. What was said in the church? Because they're like, oh, why do you tell them the truth? It was. They were playing a role, and I think it was the sermon that they called is what activated Mm-hmm. The family, but then they yes. realized that they had a the FBI agent was following them because they were flagged for a while, and yeah, yeah, that's Which, what kind of set the whole steam ball. Rolling. And for them to like for Jack Ryan or Chris Pine, whatever you want to look at it, for him to the best yeah. way to put it is, um, he. How do I want to put this? Um, yeah. I had a whole thing, but now I forgot. That's oh, okay. blame the marijuana on that. But oh, um, he had a whole... Well, this is another thing I want to bring up. Because I had two points. This is another one. Yes, I understand his girlfriend thinking he's cheating on him, but man, for her just to show up when he says he's out of the job, let's just be real. Maybe you should let him do his job. And if he's saying he's busy, like, man, she is one that paranoid a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty bold. It is. I mean, I definitely, you know what you're saying there. I mean, that's. I don't, evidently, we're already touching on the girlfriend, so let's go ahead. Oh, you know, yeah. girlfriend, girlfriend to fiance or whatever. I love her um, as an actress; she is gorgeous. But man, but. if 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 your boyfriend or fiance or whatever the fuck you are says stay at home, there should be a little bit of trust. There should just be a little bit. You know, the whole point is is. I'm going to go into this and could, was it the perfect choice to put, I mean, Kira Knightley, we're talking, she's on top of her game at this point in time too, you know, yeah. coming off the Pride to Prejudice, all that stuff. She's one of those actresses that was so sought after that. Was it a wise decision to hire a British lady to do an American accent? Because occasionally it does break through. Yeah. And when it does break through, it kind of like doesn't work the best. But I just feel maybe because she is such a well-known actress, the only part I had with this, she wasn't able to convince. Stop fucking with your phone. Because she's so well-known. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm looking shit up as we're talking. Well, every time you fuck with your phone, it fucks with the audio. Oh, he's got to get the iPad out, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? Because it was hard for me to see her being insecure, wondering if he's cheating, wondering if he's doing all that. That's where I had the problem with not her being a British American, but 
British playing an American, but she was so well known. I don't see that being insecure, but at the same time, then once she knows, you know, you're getting into that scene later on, you know, where Harper's there, which is Kevin Costner. We'll touch on that later, of course, but they're there. He goes, this isn't couples therapy. You know, we had eight minutes to discuss this and we just wasted four on this bullshit. Yeah. Which understandable. But then she automatically just throws herself into helping him to keep, you know, Kevin Bradner's, I can't pronounce his last name, but pronounce it for me. Branagh? No, 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 no. His character's last name. Oh, uh, yeah. Something Russian. We had a whole bunch Chevron, of problems with that last yeah, time. Yeah. Okay, just let you know. So <laughs> that being said, she she distracts him. So she is insecure enough to not trust her fiancé or boyfriend of 10 years to follow him to Moscow, to beg the consulate to give her a visa or whatever, yada, 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 to finding out he's in the CIA. And all of a sudden, I will keep the guy distracted while you go download the stuff off your computer. She turns into, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, freaking true lies all of a sudden, you know? That's the best way to put it. Yeah. That was a pretty quick turn for sure. It was quite a quick turn. At that point in time, that's where I had a little issue with her character out of any of that. But at the same time, it was redeemable when she was in the van and she was kidnapped. She did show some vulnerability when it was the light bulb thing going on, right. you know, you know, which is awesome. You know, she, you know, she had moments in the plot line that were necessary, but at the same time, could it have been done better by a lesser known actress? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's my only thought about that. That's my only thought on that one. I mean, is there any thoughts from you at all? Like what you would think or like who would replace that or no? Um at that point in time, the lesser known actress, who knows? I mean, they said they had, they had a bunch of people looking at it. You had Kate Beckinsale, they offered it to Kate Beckinsale, Jessica Biel, they had Lily Evangeline. There was a bunch of yeah, people. They were... You well, know, I mean, finally... I think they were also trying to set this up as a franchise. Yes. So they wanted to hedge their bets with the well-known actress, probably, would be my guess. Yeah. So they definitely put, like, well-known act- actors in each role, hoping to keep them going on with the franchise. Reboot franchise or whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Okay, does anyone else have a thought on Kira Knightley or no? Not really. I mean, my one thoughts are is that, I mean, she was big, but she wasn't super big. So the role was all right, but, I mean, she looks so young. I mean, this is kind of what her gear where she kind of really blew up because I think she was nominated for Imitation Game. Mm-hmm. Which came out this year also. So I think 14 was kind of her big blowout. I mean, she'd done some. I don't know if Atonement was before or after this, or. Because yeah. I think she was nominated for that as well. But See, I always get her and Natalie Portman mixed up. Well, you should because, yeah, you know, that's it was Pat. It was Pat. It was. One. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's where our problems is, right there. 
Like whenever I see her, I'm like, damn it, which one's that? I don't know. It's my mind thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so let's I mean are we let's go into the Kevin Costner. Who wants okay. to start on that one? Go ahead. Who wants to start? So I'm just gonna throw it out there. How he acted in this role. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the um where he was a killer? Mr. Brooks, of course I did. Yes. I was thinking the exact same thing. So exact same thing. How he acted in this one is how he acted in the last like it was very just that nonchalant I don't know how to even put it. Dry. Yes. But both Less those emotion. were very similar. Like, am I watching Mr. Brooks right now? Which, in all honesty, he's a, he he's a CIA agent. He's the boss. He's he. This is what he does for a living. He cannot show emotion. He needs. He's a cool under calm collected. And I guess, I think it works. Actually, I do. Yeah, I do as well. My question is why? Because I mean, Greer, the character that was played by James Earl Jones previously, mm-hmm. is kind of a constant for the Jack Ryan series. Why not call him Greer and instead call him Harper unless it was Greer was in the books an African American man and you don't want to race swap yeah. that direction. I mean, once again, not based on a novel, they maybe they wanted independent characters. So if you think about it, they could even branch out, you know, Harper's character if they wanted to. Because that, that's was... a fair point, yeah. I mean, I think I do remember reading something where they wanted to build a universe around Harper's character because Clancy yeah. had some other characters that weren't Jack Ryan that could have been enveloped into this universe. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So I guess that makes sense. But, I mean, I was just expecting to see the Greer character show up because he's kind of a the confidant of Jack Ryan and every. Thing we've seen and you're kind of yeah. kind of you're kind of right you know but at the same time you know would if the Greer character did show up how would we have handled it that's not James Earl Jones I mean once again we're all fickle we're all fickle you know we're fickle to the point where you know there's certain people that we see in roles that we can't get beyond you know we can't picture them beyond what they're supposed to be in the first place you know, I mean, yeah, James Earl Jones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you had shown up We have no problem moving on to a new Jack Ryan, though, either. Yeah, but certain people, you just, you can't get beyond. James yeah, Earl Jones, sure. the voice of the voice of Darth Vader. James Earl, you know, um, you know, you know, you're looking at Morgan Freeman, Shawshank, George Zappashen, you know, it's just little things like that. That's who they become synonymous with and will be about ever... And the fact that it was supposed to be his origins, you know, the fact that, you know, James Earl Jones would have been much older. How do you portray him as, you know, in the correct age group to where he is just starting, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There's always so, I mean, I guess there are some logistics that, you know, we understand. They do things. um, And sometimes they make sense and sometimes they don't. Would I have been, you know, upset? I would have liked to see the Greer character. 
but would we have been able to handle it? You know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. With a different actor. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, I think um, they signed. What did they sign? They signed um, Costner. They only signed him after they gave him. What was the other movie that they gave him to do? Something, presume something or other. Oh. This is Paramount. <clears throat> he would only sign on if he did something. He was given another another one of his projects or something. I Definitely interesting. You know, I should probably look that up. I remember him holding out for that. Yeah, I can't remember offhand, but I remember reading something about that. I will I will actually look. Only take me a second. I should have had it pulled up. I should have been prepared. I am prepared, but you know how that is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, we got everything. Production, cast, cast. Okay, so Sam Raimi. Oh, so do you know that the reason why they didn't go with Ben Affleck after this? Do you know why? No. Because of the box office flop, Geely. Oh, yeah, he kind of yeah, lost kind his of, way for a that while. That would make sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, um, without remorse. Okay. He was signed, the two-picture deal, without remorse. Okay. Yeah. And I know, uh, I did read that Branagh only took the role of the villain, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce, when they offered him to direct it. Yep. He was yep. not going to do it otherwise. Nope. He wasn't. Yeah. But because you um, actually, Sam Raimi was actually supposed to be the director. And then he later dropped out to do Spider-Man 4, which never happened. Never happened. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing because you were talking about uh, Kira Knightley playing an English or an American woman mm-hmm. when Bran is English and playing a Russian. A Russian, yeah. Yeah, so... And once again, I think, I don't know, I guess, I guess American accents are kind of hard to me. I mean, you have several different, you know, just like English, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, yeah. And I'm sure there are Russian as well. We just don't know them. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying, because we know ours. We yeah. we we pick up on it more, but the fact that I'm sure if they were over in Russia, they probably were like, "Yeah, that's not even close," you yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay, got it. So, Shreven, Shreven, I, I still can't do it. Still can't do it. <laughs> I can't get the name. I'm trying to figure out the name. So let's talk about the end scene where he does get into the van. Um, with, um, actual Kenneth Brana, Brana's character, son, who faked, he was placed as a sleeper cell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, that actually, and it, I think right there, he, when he couldn't defuse the bomb, you know what I'm saying? And he hijacked it and, you know, drove it into the East River. That was kind of cool. You know, the fact yeah, that he wasn't yeah. given, he wasn't all-knowing, knowing how to defuse the bomb. He just had to think on his feet, and this is what he was going to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was one of those situations where I cannot solve this problem, so I'm going to do something else. Yeah, which that I gave, you know, not everyone knows every single problem 
the answer to it. So that was pretty cool. That yeah. was. Yep. Yeah. And then you got, and actually this, what's, this was only an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. It's, which, I mean, it's a, it's pretty short. And I think we remember talking was what movie was it? Summer all fears or was it I Patriot think, games? I think it was clear and present danger, which danger. was the longest. Yeah. One. It's like two and a half. We, it, yeah. We talked about how they should have cut this or they cut that. <laughs> and I think this is concise. 140 minutes, 145 minutes. It's good. The you know pa- what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it, it has a, it like, has a good pace to it. For they sure. didn't like um, make the beginning longer than what it, they sh- they could have. I guess is the best way to put it. Like the helicopter crash or got bombed. He's that was in, like five minutes. Tops. He's in a thing. Then he meets his girl, and yes. then they're living together. Like they didn't have to go into the small details of. All that nonsense. It literally and just, they almost like, the first five, ten, I'd say ten minutes. It's everything yeah. goes from the helicopter to meeting his girl to, oh, now you're working for the CIA. And that's something that this movie did and others have done also that I kind of like is they don't give you the title card until 10, 15 minutes in after he gets recruited. Like. You don't know what the movie's called until, yeah. and then they show you Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, and then it cuts ten years later. Yeah, I mean, we got the, we know the whole point is we got the backstory without it rambling. Mm-hmm. And you know, and at the same time, is this a standalone movie? Could I go into this movie not knowing anything about Jack Ryan? I think I kind of could. Yeah, I think so as yeah. well. Yeah, and that's what makes it really nice too. That is a standalone movie and could possibly open you up to more Jack Ryan's later on. If you got, if you're, if you noticed, or you know, look at it now. You know, go now they like got the TV seven, series. No, seven years later or six years later, they came out with what we have season three now. Three is coming out next month. You yeah. Know. So you got two years. You know, you already had two seasons with us, the so Jack Ryan, and that's a whole other thing going on there. But this was perfect because it could stand on its own. And that's what they were hoping, I believe, trying to market it to get it back to where people would bring it to the forefront, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. 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 There's two other things that I really liked about this movie is, one, this is the first time you see Jack Ryan working in, like, the public sector. Yes. He's, like an undercover agent if you will where every other movie he's been working at langley at the cia yeah where he wasn't you know he his importance or his operational wasn't this was him just being a normal cia person working at a desk yeah yeah Yeah. but again like working in finance on wall street but doing it as a cia agent where nobody knew yeah. And the movie ended. It wasn't left on a cliffhanger setting up a sequel. It it's a its own condensed movie. And that was smart because they didn't know. I mean, think about it. There like, what happens if it didn't if it was left on a cliffhanger then you set us up for the next movie and we don't have one exactly. because you guys didn't make one. They made a decision to say, "Okay, this is a movie." This is what we're doing. If it's it works, done. we'll do more. If it doesn't, exactly. we've it's, it's yeah. done. 
But yeah. movies now, especially now, they they try and shoehorn in something to tease what's upcoming, even if it doesn't happen. And I well, hate the that shoehorn, shit. yeah, and the shoehorn in lately. Let's be honest, is not even in the movie. It's in the credits. Yeah, they'll do a button scene or something. And yeah, and therefore, if you one. don't, and then therefore, if you don't stay to watch the end of the credits and you didn't see it, you don't know there's something that could po- could possibly happen. Right. But Chris Pine, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I like him. I mean, where do you put him in the Jack Ryan characters? Not just the movies. We haven't gotten to the show yet, so we won't consider that. We're not considering that one. No, no, we're not. To me, he's up there. I mean, just rank him. You got Alec Baldwin, you got Harrison Ford, you got Ben Affleck, and you got Chris Pine. I put myself into the era that, like, we're talking two, like, many different time jumps. So it's hard to put Chris Pine with, like, Alec Baldwin or Harrison Ford. I'm just talking about their interpretation so, of the character of Jack Ryan. I really like Chris Pine as Jack Ryan. Okay. I don't think I was a big fan of Alec Baldwin. So maybe I'd go Harrison Ford, then to Chris Pine and Alec Baldwin, and then there. That is That would be my rating as well. I think <clears throat> the reason being, I think Chris Pine had a lot more to do with the character than I think Ben Affleck was completely left out to dry because yeah. he didn't really get much to do with the character. Exactly. Where Chris he was Pine throw- did. Well, no, they. I think, you know, not to belittle Ben Affleck or belittle anyone like that or anything, but I think they said, okay, here's Jack Ryan, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was and failed he, it by It may work, script. it may not. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's your ratings when well, it comes to them? Once again, I mean, I feel like if I could have, if Chris Pine could have gave me a second Jack Ryan movie, I would be able to gauge him better, better because I was given two movies of Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, and, that's definitely. A yeah, definitely. For so, him. yeah, I think I think that Harrison Ford's Harrison Ford. You know, once again, you're looking at he did, you know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. You know, he to me can hold whatever series you put him in. That's definitely there. I'm I'm go I'm Harrison Ford, okay. Mm-hmm. Love Chris Pine, you know. Seeing him from Star Trek to this, I know once again he's almost in the same. I don't want to say caliber, or he's not. He's on the same field as Harrison Ford because he was given Kirk to do, and he absolutely did that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like without a problem. You know, and then he was given this to do, and he did it. So I want to say it's Harrison Ford, and then right below is Chris Pine. I mean, it's it's pretty close. If I if he was if he had been given another Jack Ryan film, and it was just as good as this one, he might actually have surpassed Harrison Ford. You know, yeah. just saying. I hate to say that. I mean, because it's Harrison Ford, but whatever. And then it goes to me, Alec Baldwin. 
even though Alec Baldwin to me wasn't as instrumental in Hunt for Red October because I still look at that as a Sean Connery vehicle. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and once again, Ben Affleck later on, I mean, not to like, but at the same time, fast forward what, five years, four years, the accountant, what was that, 2018 or 2019? 18, I think. I think it's 18. So you go four years forward. He's given an independent character in the accountant, which almost similarly, almost does what Chris Pines did. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah, a well, little bit. You, you don't even have to go that far, though, if you go to, like, the town or Argo. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. proves he has the chops to do it. I just think he was failed by the script of Some of All Fears. And at the same time, it, Some of All Fears, we talked about clear and present danger. We initially said this a few moments ago. Being long. I remember Some of All Fears being long, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm sure it was over two hours. I just, Where I think Kenneth Branagh with this direction, yeah. yeah, yeah, Kenneth Branagh with the direction on this kept everything moving at a, such a quick, fast pace that it definitely is this, is its own movie in its own right, and that's why I think it's like Harrison, then um, Chris Pine, Alec Baldwin, Sean Connery, just say, <laughs> and then, and then Ben Affleck, yeah. So yeah. So I'm pretty sure I think we're all on agreement on that. Are we all on agreement yeah, on the order of them right the now? Order, yeah. yeah. I, I all yes. the movie order. Yeah, I definitely agree. Okay. And yeah. we didn't really talk about it yet, but we need to give him some credit. Uh, fucking Kenneth Branagh is a fantastic director. He's a good actor. Oh, absolutely. But I mean he's a great director also. Like yeah. he did Belfast. Okay, I love Belfast. I got Belfast. He's done. He did the murder, Death on the Nile, Murder on the Orient Express. Did yeah, and he did the live so action much. Cinderella. Like, he the did first um, Thor. He, oh, what movie? Um, the Shakespeare. Mid, no, the oh, one that was the taming of Much Ado about, do about much Nothing. Much Ado about Nothing. Yeah, that was good too. And he's know. a great actor. Like, and he's a good director. And he kept everything clear, concise, and to the point. So I feel like what he did by keeping it at the hour and 45 minutes allowed new audiences. So he was trying to set up for the next round or whatever, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. 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 So yeah, definitely kind of in the great villain. Great villain. Yeah, he was and fantastic he, in this. He was fantastic in Tenet as the villain. Like, yeah. I mean, he actually definitely has recognition on everything that he does. I mean, if you if you see him on anything, you like you know it's going to be good. Yeah, for sure. And his staying power has been around for decades, absolute decades. Yeah, I want to say he was started in Britain on on like. The stage, like not film, yeah. started in plays and shit, and then kind of transitioned yeah. into movies. Yeah, you know, once again, you know, you know, got dead again. What was that? No, dead to me or dead again, where he played the dual roles with the psychiatrist and um, um, fuck. Tom, you know what I'm saying? The movie, I that one movie. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of it all. Yeah. So once again, once he got into the role, he's great. So great director. 
out of all the directors, if we go back and forth, I think I want to say I would rank him as the better director out of all these. Of all the Jack Ryan movies? All the Jack Ryan. Well, maybe Hunt for Red October, like right underneath. Yeah. I... Because I felt like they kept it, he kept it going. Because there was a couple times, you know, like you said, we there was a couple other times that we were just like, it's too long. They could have cut this. They could have cut that. I really needed this background. I really needed that background a little bit more. Where this time we were not saying that. No. Yeah. It, that, yeah. That's, that's fair for sure. So for, you know, not that we, I, I know it's something we haven't talked about before, but I want to give him the better director of all the four we've done right now. No, five, five. Sorry. Had a moment. Four actors, five movies. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would say this is the best directed movie of the bunch. Yes. Now are we going to go for now ratings? What, what do you oh, think is the best storyline? Because this Honestly, one's not based on a book. So, what do you think is the best storyline? Hunt for Red October. Yeah, because it fit perfectly in um, the time era. The time and the no, not even the era when it was released. The era, everything about the subs, and it was more relatable back then. Like I said, I was doubting this one because I knew it was the prequel or the reboot or the origins, and the only doubt i had with this one is was its correct choice to put it in post 9 11 when it probably should have been put in like the 70s but would have gotten any sort of recognition or but they were looking for a younger audience so why put something in the 70s if you're looking for the younger audience to do the reboot yeah but i mean with that being said again with them not taking a Jack Ryan book and taking a modern script and making it a Jack Ryan movie. I don't know if you could tell the story that they did in the seventies with yeah. Russia trying to inflate the dollar and then tanking it and all of that. I don't you think know, it works in the seventies like it does now. No, it doesn't. It would have been, it would have had to have been a totally different yeah. storyline. Absolutely. You're, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, the decision to make it an origins in the 2011 it's i don't know whether or not it alienated some clancy fans knowing full well that the other stuff happened before yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah so we gotta rank this we gotta we're, we gotta yeah. go back through our ratings who's got the whiteboard out i got it right here so for you sitting across from me you had Hunt for Red October at an eight, Patriot Games at an eight and a half, Clear and Present Danger at a nine, and Some of All Fears at a seven and a half. Huh. Well, since I went that high. Yeah, you went high on Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, granted, that was the highest rated of all of them. Every one of us had that as the highest ranked movie. Yeah. I, since I went high, I'm going with the 8.3 or 8.5 on this one. I have not fully decided, but I'll just go 8.5. So. I liked this movie. It was very. At that point, you have this equal to Patriot Games. That sounds great. 
which is Harrison Ford. So, yeah, it makes sense. So I'll do mine next. I had Hunt for October at a seven point five. Patriot Games at a seven point two. Clear and Present Danger at an eight point three. Some of All Fears at a six point eight. Oh boy, I'm. Fuck. Do I like this more than Hunt for Red October? I kind of do. I think I'm going to give this a 7.8. Just because, like I said, it had the cloak and dagger aspect to it that the other ones didn't really have. Yeah, you know, they did. I like that. So then for you, you had Hunt for Red October at an 8, Patriot Games at a 7.8. Clear and Present Danger at an eight point four. Hunt for or some of all fears at a six point eight. Okay. I like Clear and Present Danger. Don't get me wrong. I mean it was Harrison Ford. It could have been a little bit shorter. It did really well. Oh my god, I'm going back and forth. I wanna say this is a good I'm gonna throw it out there. I actually I actually enjoyed this one better. Eight point eight. Oh shit! All right. Yeah, I did. So, I like the pace and the fatness. Even though I did point out flaws with it, I enjoyed this one better. I'm still leaning towards Harrison Ford as my better of all of them, but the overall, I'm going to give this one an eight point eight. I can't argue with that, really. No. Okay, we'll get to decide what we're doing next. That's right. We got to do, we, okay, let's just do, let's do, I know it sounds stupid, let's do something Thanksgiving related. Okay. I mean, we haven't done a holiday themed movie in a while. Have we? Not a holiday, I mean a holiday theme. No, no. What do you think? No, we haven't done one in a while. I mean. Or we can do, then, you know, the husband just chimed in that we can do. A beach paradise movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I have one that just came to my head that I know one of you guys haven't watched. So, and whatever you think, I mean, we can think about this a little bit and kind of go back and forth on it. Yeah, I mean, because, we got Thanksgiving I mean, coming up. Either way, is probably the next one we do probably won't be until you guys get back because I'm going to oh, be gone yeah. for Thanksgiving and you then. You guys are gone, so. Now this will give us enough time to watch a bunch too. That's true. So awesome. what do we do like Christmas? And we, we can do, and we can exit off National Lampoons. Uh huh. Um, we can exit off a few of those, like the mainstream ones. Well, I mean, the okay. last one we did, we talked about like holiday horror movies. That's true. We can do any holiday Christmas horror. Ones. There's Christmas, there's Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're, not, we're, we're not doing Halloween. So what if we do holidays? Holiday horror. Yeah, holidays. Holiday. I mean, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Non-Halloween. I mean, there's Valentine's Day. There's yeah, that's what I mean. Ones, Thanksgiving, but... Christmas. Hanukkah. I don't give a shit. So, I holiday, mean... holiday horror films. Yeah, I'm sure there's a Hanukkah one about ovens. <laughs> people are stabbed with a menorah okay we got it um <laughs> yeah i'll make it it's all good yeah 
And then, yeah, so going when we come back to the Jack Ryan franchise, let me just quick look up. Um, I mean, you're looking at eight episodes, right? I'm pulling it up right now. There are eight episodes per season. Like per season. So I split them up in half, do four episodes a podcast. We could possibly do that. Okay. That would work. I think that would work. I think that would definitely work. Definitely. I'm actually really excited to rewatch that show because it was really fucking strong, I thought. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Good, 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 good. It's been a while since we did this. It has. Um, Well. So next will be Holiday Horror. That'll probably be in a couple weeks. Okay. And then back to Jack Ryan. Back to Jack Ryan. We got it. Awesome. Well, yeah, still loving the shit. Still loving it. Awesome. Well, have a good night. And, um, yeah, let's go from there. Okay, I'll touch base with you later. All right. Have Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, shit got a little loose. Hopefully you understood everything. Whether or not you agree or disagree with our take on the movies, hopefully you learned something or were at least entertained. So come back for more... Booze and bullshit.